magnificent morning, folks. This is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. Her is an acronym for heroic, empowering, and resilient. And we are a self-improvement, self-acceptance, and women empowerment podcast. The main purpose of this podcast is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversities. Each of us has a story. We have all had a season in our lives when we were afraid, we hit a rough patch or downward spiral. Maybe it was an illness, a financial burden, a dead-end job, just unforeseen circumstances in general. And we may have felt isolated or alone. But because you may have felt like you reached rock bottom, that doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It's within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers you're facing, but they didn't give up. In fact, they use their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you. You are her. Heroic, empowering, and resilient. So good morning, listeners, and welcome to episode five, And Still I Rise, The Domestic Violence Breakthrough. First and foremost, thank you for tuning in. If you have been a listener for the past few weeks, I would like to personally thank you for your support. Today's topic is focused on domestic violence. Let's take a moment back to reflect. Specifically, let's look at these words, broken, beaten, battered, and abused. These adjectives are far too familiar to women and even men within the African-American community. Domestic violence is a reality for many throughout the country, black, white, brown, male, female, trans, in short, it has affected various group of individuals. Let's talk facts. According to the U.S. Breakthrough, 24 people per minute in the U.S. are victims of violence. This includes rape, assault, stalking by an intimate partner. Three U.S. women are killed every day by a male partner or former partner. Nearly 3 in 10 women and 1 in 10 men in the U.S. have experienced rape, physical violence, and are stalking by a partner. Worldwide, men exposed to domestic violence as children are 3 to 4 times more likely than men not exposed to grow up to perpetrate such violence. 50% of Native African, excuse me, Native American women and 30% of African American women have been raped, beaten, or stalked by an intimate partner. Two in five gay or bisexual men experience violence in their lifetimes. 70% of women worldwide experience physical, sexual abuse by an intimate partner in their lifetime. 30 to 60 percent of domestic violence perpetrators also abuse children in the home. And 91 percent of employees say that domestic violence has a negative impact on their company's bottom line. So it is evident to say that domestic violence has a generational effect on families and within homes and a negative impact on one's personal performance within the workplace. Leading into our topic, I would like to introduce to you our guest. Today I have with me a brave, bold, and beautiful soul, Ms. Tawana Harris. Tawana is a resident of Zachary, a graduate of Southern University and Baton Rouge Community College, a mother, wife, sister, and friend, and the executive director of the Butterfly Society, which is a nonprofit domestic violence organization. 
Tawana, tell the listeners now a little bit about who you are. Good morning, everyone. I'm Tawana Harris, founder and executive director of the Butterfly Society, one who believes in taking a stand against domestic violence because it's such an epidemic in our community. I am a resident community leader activist here in the great city of Baton Rouge. And my motivation is, uh, Janae, God did it for me. He brought me through. He brought me out. So it's my duty and my obligation to do the same in return for another woman, another man, another transgender. Because too often, too many times, we find ourselves sitting around the table having this conversation. Right. And it's time that we do something different about this. Most definitely. And Tawana, you encourage me so much on a daily basis and what you are doing within the community. I want to go into a little detail about your story. Like I said earlier, I did Google you because you are a big name out here in Baton Rouge. And I love what you are doing because you're in doing the groundwork. You know, you're not just a face. You're active and within the community. So I briefly did research that your journey and your battle with self-acceptance and domestic violence was within college. Um, Could you go into a little more detail about that incident? Yes, I was a freshman at the time at the Southern University and uh, a freshman uh, got a job working and um, met a guy. Um, He was a perfect gentleman. He said all the right things. He was good looking. He swept me off my feet. We went out many times, spent a lot of time together, got to know each other. Everything was perfect. Everything was going well. Introduced him to the family, to the friends. He had become a part of my world. Mm -hmm. He was my world, Janae. And then one day out of the blue, there it was, a slap across the face. It went from a slap across the face to a black eye, a butt slip, mental abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, sexual abuse, domestic violence, it's a dark place to be. Mm -hmm. And I found myself in that place for three years. I felt alone. I felt that I was to blame for it. I brought this upon myself. And that is part of the dynamics of domestic violence. The victim will blame themselves time and time again for it happening. And the question is always, what could I have done differently that wouldn't have caused this? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's safe to say that you didn't see any signs before you really got into a full-blown relationship with this guy. Exactly. Because, you know, Janae, many times we don't have those conversations in our households. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn as you go. And that's what happened for me. I didn't know what those red flags were. I didn't know what those warning signs were. So at 22, you were young. young. I was young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's in my mind, that's the way it's done. You spend your time, you're getting to know this person. You want to invest in the relationship. You want to invest in each other. So you spend all your time together, but not knowing he was isolating me from my support system. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had control. He had all the power. And I thought I was in love. I thought that's what love was because in the black community, we don't have these conversations. Well, they didn't happen in my household. Mm-hmm. What to look for, what those warning signs were, to be aware of this type of guy. Because in my household, it was, look, you go to college, you find your good guy, you find your guy with a job, and you, you get you married. your own family. And you form your own family, exactly. So with that, I guess you didn't feel as though you could be vocal with your mom or with your friends or your family. So he controlled you through that isolation. Yes. And when I went home, he went home. Mm -hmm. He was 
with me every step of the way because it was it was about controlling and keeping me in my place. And Janae, I was embarrassed to have to call home and tell my mom this is what was going on because you send me off to college and you're supposed to be doing college work, college business, but here you've gotten yourself into this relationship that's unhealthy for you. And I didn't know how to do that. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. And I keep saying that it's because that is one of the things that hinder uh, a victim from coming out and sharing what they're going through or opening up with someone because of the shamefulness and being judged. And mind you, I brought him into my family and my family loved, loved him. him. They, saw, they saw him one way and to have to go back and share with them, this is what he's doing. It wouldn't be good. I was thinking of him and more him than alone yourself. than myself mm-hmm. in the relationship, yeah. keeping it together. So you were more so embarrassed, not only of yourself, but of him and with the public eye oh, was going yes. to think. Yes. So um, you know you couldn't go to your family. You know you had a, a certain image between them. When did you really say that maybe enough is enough and I should go out and seek professional help or go to a shelter or where did you find your safety net? Well, let me say, I had a cousin uh, who moved here as well to attend Southern University and I found I mustered up enough strength and the courage because it takes the both of those mm-hmm. to share with her what I was going through. So you and had she, to share your story. Yes, mm-hmm. and she was my support system. She understood there was never any judging. She didn't make me feel bad about it or guilty about it. She said, look, you can come and stay with me. And one day I said, you know what? I'm leaving. I packed up and I went and stayed with her for a week. Mm-hmm. Every day he came over and apologized and he sung that old song, I'm sorry. It will I've never, changed. I've changed. It will mm-hmm. never happen again. Give me another opportunity. It's not you. I have a problem. Would you go to counseling with me? I promise you things are going to be better. And things never got better, they got worse. Well, I gave him that opportunity to care. Mm-hmm. Statistics states that a victim will go, will leave anywhere from one to seven times before they're gone permanently. How many times did you leave? I left twice. Twice. And mm-hmm. the very last time I left, I never went back. Mm-hmm. But today, it was the hardest thing to have to do because right. I loved him. I saw myself marrying this guy, the perfect guy to marry. He worked hard. He was a hard worker. He was a great provider. Mm-hmm. So I said, I can marry him once I graduate from college. We can have a family. I envision all that, all of that. And I was holding on to that. Still hopeful that things would be different, but different never came. Right. And did it affect your livelihood as far as like with school? Were you, yes. did your grades yes. fall? Yes. I was in such a depressive stage. Anxiety had set in. I flunked out of school. I could not cope. I couldn't balance it all. We would argue and fight all night and couldn't focus on doing my, my work. I couldn't focus on going to class and keeping it all together in front of anyone. Mm-hmm. Black eyes, bust lip, mental abuse, emotional abuse, everything that made me who I was, he ripped from me. Mm-hmm. And I felt that I was suicidal. I wow. had thought about committing suicide. It was a, it was a way out. Mm-hmm. But by the grace of God, there was a voice that spoke to me every day and said, there's purpose, there's purpose, there's purpose in what you're going through. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer of this. This is a philosophy of mine that what we go through in life is never about ourselves. It's for someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. So I left that second time. And um, I worked for a financial institution. I flunked out of school, went into the banking industry, and I knew my boss was God sent. 
And she said, you know, Tawana, I know you're going through something, but when you get ready, you'll tell me. And one day I opened up to her and she said, we're going to help you. We're going to get you out. It is so important that you have a support system in place, Janine. Right. Because you're leaving with nothing. All you can see in front of you is, is this is new to me. This is something different. How do I get this done? Where do I start? Where do I begin? And that's the, that's what I was playing in my mind. And just think if you don't have that support system. Right. It's scary out there because it's something different to you that you've never experienced before and you don't know how to start the process. And many times victims remain where they are because they, don't they have fear. That. They don't have that. And that's what we find in our communities. We don't have the resources like we should. We don't have the support systems in place like we should. So it's important that the Butterfly Society, along with other agencies that's doing the work, it becomes a movement, grassroots, meeting people where they are. Because where they are is where they're hurting. And they have to know that you can come out of this in your own timing because timing is of an essence. Right. You have to be ready mentally, the mind and body, everything has to be in alignment with one another. And when that time comes, it's so important that they know that we're here for them. And you're not alone. Mm -hmm. We have your back. And there is life after domestic violence. I'm here. I'm right. living proof of that, along with so many others. But it's taking that first step to do that can be so hard. So I had a great support system in place. And one day, Janae, I woke up got dressed for work like it was an ordinary day, never leading on that I was leaving. And I said, look, have a great day. Gave him a hug, bye, gave him a kiss, got in my vehicle and hid behind a building. Oh, wow. Where I can see our apartment complex. And I saw him getting the car and leave and I went back to the apartment. Got and tripping. I got what I could and what I could not left behind. Mm -hmm. Three days later, I'm at the gas station and guess who shows up? He's there. He He's there. And he said, so, Janae, when I tell you fear had come over, fear will cripple you. Mm -hmm. Fear will keep you longer in a situation than you need to be kept. So when I saw him, my heart was beating fast. I was sweating. I was nervous. I was scared. And I could not move. And I guess the first thought to your mind was my life is in danger. danger. That's the first thing I thought of. And I said, I began praying within. And I said, Lord, you know this. You have to make this work. You got to fix this and keep me together while you're fixing it. And he said, so you've left and I've asked you not to leave talking down to me and treating me like I've always been treated by him, that I was beneath him. Mm -hmm. We were not on the same level. I was beneath him. And he said, so you left. And I told you if you ever left again, I was going to kill you. Oh, wow. So you need to come back home. And Janae, everything within me stood up to him and said at that very moment, I will not return home to you. If you're going to kill me, you need to do, do it now. Mm -hmm. He got in his car and left. Wow. All he can do was turn around and leave. And at that very moment, I knew that my power, I had taken my power back, back. from mm -hmm. him. And now I was in control. Right. He just and used it as a scare tactic. Yes, mm -hmm. that's exactly what it was. And I said to myself, my God. It's now that I began to live. Mm -hmm. It's now that I began to get a taste of what freedom really is. It was scary at first because it was something new. It was something different. 
And I, I wasn't comfortable in it. And many days I thought about going back. Yeah. Because I was, my mind had been programmed to believe that he was my world and I could not live without him. Mm. I couldn't function without him. And where would I be? And no one else would love me. Right. No one else would treat me the way he would, he would treat, treat me. So I began living again. I was broken, depressed. Anxiety had set in. And Janae, my mind was, I'm going to make it. I was in survival mode and I was going to do whatever it took. Because it's often in moments when we're uncomfortable that we're pushed to prepare. Yes. And that's what had to Exa happen yes, with you. Yes, it did. So what I did was to repair myself and begin putting the pieces back together. I began to write right. what I was going through. You and use writing as an outlet. That's yes. awesome because I've always had these different conversations. Now, of course, I'm not a professional counselor or anything like that, You're but I there. think it's very important to be a listening ear to anyone who's going through a particular battle. And as my own personal outlet, I write. You know, I was teased as a kid because even as an adolescent, I had a journal and it would write about my day, you know? Yeah. But I used that into my adulthood and it rolled over. Sometimes we can't always vocalize things, but we can use our writing as an outlet. And what I tell for me, um, and I also share this with the women as well, I began writing and it didn't make sense at first. Mm -hmm. And I wrote some more and some more. And then the words began to come together. Wow. And it made sense. So I tell women and men now, you may not be able to express it at this very moment because it may not be the season for it. Right. But get a, get a tablet, get a journal, and write. And the words may not make sense in the very beginning, but eventually the words come, come together. together. That's so powerful. Yes, it's it so is. Powerful. And that's what it did for me. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to get involved with an organization, a domestic violence organization, giving back. I did that. I began sharing my own personal testimony in small group settings. And then I went back to D Southern University. Got pledged, pledged Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Okay, shout out to the Deltas, but it's about to AKA Hayes too. <laughs> and and I pledged and one night my line sisters and I were sitting around having a conversation about different issues that we're faced with as black women. Mm -hmm. And domestic violence happened to find itself uh, to the surface and you were led to share your story, story of it. yeah mm -hmm. and my line sisters i was the oldest one online i was 33 years old oh and wow. pledged undergrad Man, i never knew that yes oh, i didn't tell no. you yes okay. i was the oldest one online pledge and everybody was like miss tawana miss tawana yeah. <laughs> i said miss tawana you just don't fit the profile mm -hmm. you just don't seem like you would have been someone that has been through it and I told them immediately, I began to educate them on the spot. There's no certain profile, right. Janae. And you said it in the very beginning. It crosses all lines, right. all sectors of our community, of our world. Mm -hmm. And um, they were just blown away by how I came out of this. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, it's having those people in place that God sent right. my way on this journey. So um, after pledging, we do a program in honor of some of our sorority sisters who, who had lost their lives. And they asked me to share my story at one of the programs. I was like, wait a minute now. I, I told y'all. I, I didn't told say I was going to tell everybody. <laughs> but you know what? The, the good Lord convicted me at that very moment mm -hmm. and said, if I did it for you, 
you can do it for, for others. Yes. So there was an audience of 125 young girls wow. that night. I was sweating. Mm-hmm. I was nervous. I was shaking. But I got through it. Mm-hmm. And um, after it was all over with, I was standing in the back of the room with some of my friends and line sisters. And they came up to me. A few young women came up to me and said, Ms. Tawana, thank you so much for sharing. She said, I grew up. One young lady said, I grew up in that environment. Yeah, that household. In the household. And she said, uh, one young lady who had a friend who was in a, a dating violence relationship. And she said, Miss Tawana, I feel like I'm the victim. Mm-hmm. Because she was so invested in it. And she said, I need you to tell me what I need to do. And at that very moment, I told her, I said, sweetheart, I said, you can be there for someone. But sometimes being at a distance is what it's works for you. Mm-hmm. Because she was being pulled in it. And she said, you know what? I'm going to have a conversation with my friend and tell her, I can be there for you, but I can't make those decisions for you. And you have to make them. And she was finding herself making those hard decisions for her. And then there was one young lady who stood out the most to me. She said, Miss Tawana, you told my story tonight. Wow. She said, now I know what I need to do. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit convicted me. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for you to do to, your thing. To do your journey, to go through your journey. And um, I married a wonderful man. Mm-hmm. I ran him off many times. Though, yeah. <laughs> because I, I know, I just knew he thought, he knew that something's wrong with her. She's mm-hmm. crazy. But well, no, can, I'm sure it was your past relationship yes. and what you had been through. It caused you to have still have a fear. You had trust issues, and you were in the process of finding yourself yes. at that time. Yes, and I used to tell him, I said, "Do you think I'm crazy?" He said, "Kind of, sorta," but he said, "I know what you've been, where you've been, been through, mm-hmm. and where you're trying to get." So we broke up many times, but now we're married. Yeah. We've been together <laughs> 21 years. Amen. That's a year, testimony no, yes. within itself. This mm-hmm. year, Lord willing, we'll be married 15 years. Yes. And we have a 12-year-old son mm-hmm. together, and he supports me. They support me. They're my biggest cheerleader. So they are at every program. Every program. They're always there. Yes. So mm-hmm. I tell my story, Janae, is no longer mine. Mm-hmm. It's for someone Nobody else. else. Right. And what I hold true to is I am not a statistic. I am a survivor. I am a warrior. Mm -hmm. I am bold in what I do. I am very passionate about what I do. And it's because God, I always give him the credit. Mm -hmm. Because God did it for me. And he told me that I was going to be doing this work. I didn't know at what capacity. I said, Lord, look, I'll do whatever. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think he I would. planted and yes. then he guided you to do it. Yes. So yes. listeners, if you're just listening right now, I'm with Miss Tawana Harris. She is the executive director of the Butterfly Society. She has told her story. She went through an abusive relationship in college. And I think the thing that stands out, what looks good on the outside does not mean they look good on the inside. Oh. What looks good on paper, that isn't that person's soul and who they are as an yes. individual. This man broke her down mentally and physically to make her feel as though she was crippled and couldn't go without him. But it's within she found that strength within herself. She gained who she was back to move forward. And within gaining her strength, she used her story to make an impactful um, approach on others who were going through what she was going through. And that's so inspiring because 
what I'm doing now and the, the platform that I'm creating with her story, I know it's God driven and it's led by God and it's the passion because different women need to share what they are going through just out of fear. Yes. They fear that they are alone and that they're isolated and that they can't get through whatever they're going through. But it's women like you who empower me, who empower others so we can get to where we are going. Well, I want to say this to you. You are an inspiration to me as well. Thank you. And when you decided to do this, I'm like, yes, Lord, mm -hmm. you provide the space for women like me to be able to speak to other women through my story, right. hoping to empower them as well. And you are a powerful sister yourself. Thank I you. want you to Thank know. You. And there's so much more for you out there to do that book. You know, mm -hmm. those journals you spoke yeah. about, the book is in the making. Mm -hmm. And I want women to know that. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter the cost. It doesn't matter the trial, the tribulation. If you're still here, you have purpose. Yes. If you're still standing, you have purpose. If you're still here, that means there's someone out there that needs Need you. you. Yes, yes. So I just want the audience to know that it doesn't matter where you come from because we're both from those small towns. Right. I'm from Orneville, St. Landry, Paris. Napoleonville. Yes, right. <laughs> and I tell folks there's good things come out of those small right. towns. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's about being committed to a purpose, to a calling, to something that drives you every day, wake you up every right. morning, wake you up at two o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. because that fire is burning down on the side of you. And that's your passion right. nine out of 10 and times. And it's much bigger than yourself. Yes. It's built to reach other, other people, people and to reach the masses. Yes, because mm -hmm. Janae, our community is in some very perilous times right now. Women are hurting, they're broken. They feel that there's no way out like you just said a few mm -hmm. minutes ago. And we want women to know that you are enough. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what you're going through. At this very moment, you may be going through something. We're all going through something. Right. But there's sisters out here like yourself and myself that's here to inspire and empower and engage. And to let you know that, get up. Keep going. Keep going. Keep moving forward. forward. Wherever you are, get up mm -hmm. from it. Because the day is now, the time is now, the season is now for you to take your place and claim your, your place yes, in yes. society, mm -hmm. in this country, because there's a movement happening and you got to be aware of the movement. Black women are on the rise yes. like never before, before mm -hmm. Janae, and it's because of you and me and so many others out there that's listening. Take your place, claim it. Today is the day. It's a different day. It's a new day and know that you're enough. You have purpose. You have passion. You have a reason for being here. Yes. Claim that. Receive it. Walk in it. Speak it. Walk in authority. Yes, yes. Walk in authority. We Repeat are powerful. That again. Walk, Walk in, in authority. authority. Mm -hmm. Claim that mm -hmm. and know that you are enough. You're not alone. You're still standing. You have a reason for, for being, being here. here. Don't miss the opportunity because it doesn't come around very often. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it only comes around once. Yeah. Go out there and change the world. Some young black girl or young black woman need to hear from you, mm -hmm. need to know that they're enough. It doesn't matter what society says. 
Society will tell you anything. Will tell you anything. You have to walk into your own. And get to know your own. Yes. Go to God and say, Lord, what is my purpose here for, mm-hmm. for being here? I need you to show me. I need you to tell me that. And he'll do just that. Right. And I want to ask also a little bit more about the Butterfly Society. What services you all provide? What type of programs? So if anyone is listening and may need to seek out help or guidance. Okay. The Butterfly Society, we provide support group. We provide resources such as lodging, uh, shelter clothing, food, gas cards, bus passes. Uh, We'll even help with paying your monthly rent. Um, Even if if you're leaving and transitioning to a new place of living, we'll help you with your utility deposit. We do a lot of information and referrals because we don't do it all, but there's other agencies out there that can help. We also have a number of programs. We have an initiative called Love is Kind where we go into the middle school and high school and have this conversation. Yes. It starts without, with the youth. It starts with oh the youth. Oh my God, the yes. stats are alarming in our middle school and high school. So it's it's called Love is Kind, what a healthy relationship looks like. Then we have an initiative called Men Taking a Stand Against Domestic Violence. Rallying men to yes. stand with us shoulder to shoulder to say no more. Am I going to allow this man to abuse my daughter or my niece or my um, best friend's daughter? I'm going to take a stand and speak out, and I'm going to call you on the carpet for it as well. And then we have an initiative called I'm Enough, A Journey to Self-Love. We did it this year, and it was phenomenal. God showed up and showed out, and we targeted young girls, middle school, high school, college, and seasoned women. It was. Phenomenal. Because so many times, Janae, we invest in everyone else. Except ourselves. Ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what this event was about. Learning how to love self first. And there's nothing wrong with sharing your love. Right. But if you give all of it, what do you have for yourself? Mm -hmm. And that's what, as black women, we've been conditioned and programmed to To do. So that was one event. And then we have Painting the City Purple, which is coming up in October, where we do all This is one of my favorites because it's like a week-long event. A week-long of events. And we target every... Every group of people, middle school, high schoolers, college students, men, women, we just do a whole host of events. We do a prayer vigil, remembering those who've lost their lives. Mm -hmm. And then we do Voices Against Violence. It's a poetry night, an artist night, where we bring the community together and everybody put on display what they do, their gifts and talents. And then, of course, we do men taking a stand. And then we have our Purple Affair, a gala, our big fundraising night. And let me say this to you. Everything we do, Janae, all monies that we bring in go back into the community. We are a volunteer-based organization. Nobody gets paid. Mm -hmm. And we have a a group of 40-plus volunteers. And this team of people, I can't take the credit. They're the glue that keep it together. The moving bodies. The moving bodies. Mm -hmm. Feet, hands, the whole nine yards on the ground. And all monies we bring in goes back into the community because we, awesome. we want to make certain that these women and men, because one in four men experience some type of intimate partner violence, we want them to have a, a, a safe place, a, a, a place where they can come and be made whole. If they want to stay a night in a hotel just to gather themselves together to find a quiet place, we do that for them. Right. So it's not about us, Janae. It's about, it's about, it's about our community. Yes. It's about others. Mm-hmm. So, and our website is the Butterfly Society, all one word, dot org. 
please visit our website. We have a lot of great information out there. We have what those warning signs are. We have a host of uh, other agencies who provide resources throughout the city um, of Baton Rouge and the state of Louisiana. And it talks about how you can get involved if you want to donate, if you want to partner, if you want to volunteer. All that great information is on the website. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I y'all are all over. All over. So it's so many different outlets for you all. If you are interested in helping this organization in any type of way, they are all over. And listeners, if you feel as though you are going through something, if something has touched you, there are organizations out here locally in Baton Rouge that are willing to help you. You're not in it alone. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you for saying that because many times, you know, the community doesn't know what resources are out there. And that's one thing we do when we're out in the community at these community events, health fairs, back to school events, um, church events. We want the community to know that we're not the only one that's doing the work because mm -hmm. we can't do it by ourselves. There are other agencies, the District Attorney Office, Baton Rouge Police Department, Family Services of Greater Baton Rouge, Iris Domestic Violence Center, STOR, YWCA, uh, the Women Health um, Clinic on LSU campus, Southern University has a resource center, uh, Jazz Matthews runs that center. So there are resources throughout the city, city. of Baton Rouge. Yes. Know that you're not alone. Know that you are enough. Know that you have purpose. You can contact the Butterfly Society at 225-347-7725 if you just need someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. Like you say, just a, a listening, listening ear. ear. We're here for you. Way. Goes mm -hmm. a long way. So please, if you know of someone, because I tell people all the time, Janae, it may not be you. Mm -hmm. It may be someone you know. And believe it or not, it's closer to you than you think. Right. So listeners, in closing, I want to one more time thank Miss Harris for being here. Thank you so much. And always remember, your story is not solely for you. It is meant to be shared with other women and provide hope to those facing similar hurdles. We don't have to be ashamed and we definitely don't have to be afraid to share. You, a, you are a victor. You are a victor. You are a winner and you will not be defeated. You declare growth and prosperity over your life. Troubles do not last always. You are brilliant. You are beautiful. You are intelligent. You are her. Heroic, empowering, resilient. And one last request, if this has empowered you or just motivated you in any way, please share with a friend, Tell a friend to tell a friend, tell a male. Even though this is catered towards women, different men can hear this story and use it and share it. So one more time, this is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast, and we out. <laughs>